Welcome to Leading and Learning. My name is David Spell, and this is the podcast where we talk about practical leadership, team building, theology, and how to create winning habits. I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. Now, this episode begins Season 2 of Leading and Learning. If you missed any of Season 1's episodes, by all means, go back and listen to them. Season 2 is going to be packed with great episodes to help you on so many levels. Also in Season 2, we're going to be starting a new feature at the end of every episode. So today, make sure you stick around to the end of the show for this week's Productivity Tip of the Week. Thanks for joining us today. I'd love to hear from you. Just go to davidspell.com and leave your question or your comment or your feedback in the comments section for today's post. Now, the title of today's show is One Way or Many. There's a, a verse in the Bible in Acts chapter 4. It says, there is salvation in no one else. And of course, in the context here, it's talking about there's salvation um, in no one else but Jesus. If you want to read the whole, the whole passage in chapter 4 there. But there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Now, the idea of only one way to God is very offensive to many people. And I understand that. This is a controversial subject. But it's worth talking about and having a dialogue. Why do Christians believe what they believe? And that's what I'm going to be laying out in this episode. Now, the more popular and inclusive ideas that we hear in society today are these. All paths eventually lead to the same God. Have you ever heard that one? All religions teach the same basic principles, so it really does not matter which religion you follow. It does not matter what you believe as long as you're a good person and sincere and don't hurt anybody. We're all God's children, and it's not important what we really believe. And then this one, there is no one ultimate truth. Everyone's entitled to believe whatever they want. What do you think? Is there an ultimate truth or is there not an ultimate truth? That's a question worth considering. Now, while Christians would agree that there are probably, and Christians should agree, that there are probably elements of truth in every religion, traditional Christianity would take exception to the idea that all paths will eventually lead to God. Now, I realize, again, this is not popular, and it leaves Christians looking intolerant. At the same time, this is traditional Christian doctrine, and it's been what Christians have believed for around 2,000 years. We didn't just wake up a few years ago and say, hey, we're the only way to God. This has been traditional Christian doctrine for as long as Christianity has been in existence. Now, why is it that traditional Christianity sees itself as the only true way to God? I mean, after all, Islam says the same thing, right? Judaism says the same thing. Um, many other religions say they're the only way to God. So what is it about Christianity that might elevate their claim for, to providing the only way to God? Well, first of all, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one can come to the Father, or God, except through me. And that's in John 14. 
Now, this is a pretty bold claim, and the religious leaders of Jesus' day took offense at statements like this, just like people do today. In fact, the religious leaders asked many of the same questions that people ask of the church today. Who are you to say that you're the only way to God? Sometimes we think that Jesus was, you know, came to bring peace and harmony and you know, gentle Jesus, meek and mild. But actually, Jesus, when he spoke, he often brought a division, and people had to choose. Am I, am I going to believe this? Am I going to go along with what he's saying? Is, is there a reason to, that he's making these bold claims? Or am I going to reject it? So Jesus, just because Jesus made this claim does not automatically make it so. Anyone can say that they're the only way to God, but is there a way to substantiate this claim? Why would Jesus make such a radical, bold claim? You know, the New Testament teaches that Jesus was eventually put to death by the Romans at the instigation of the Jewish religious leaders. And this is also a historical fact as well. Um, Roman historians documented the death of Jesus under uh, the governorship of Pontius Pilate in Palestine. So, so Jesus was put to death. There's not much question about that. Um, but something that I think we often forget is this. A dead Messiah equals no Messiah. Jesus was not the first Jewish rabbi to attract a, thought, a following and to be thought of as the Messiah. He was also not the first one that the Romans had executed. But in every other case, when the, their Messiah was, was executed the followers would just drift away because they understood he was dead. Where do you go after that? With Jesus, though, it was very different. What sets Jesus apart is the resurrection. The New Testament teaches that Jesus physically rose from the dead. This is what the Easter holiday that the church celebrates is all about. The Apostle Paul wrote, I passed on to you what was most important, and what has also been passed on to me, that Christ died for our sins, just as the Scripture said. He was buried, and he was raised from the dead on the third day, as the Scripture said. He was seen by Peter, and then by the twelve apostles. After that, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time, most of whom are still alive, although some have died by now. Then he was seen by James, and later by all the apostles. Now, the Apostle Paul wrote this in 1 Corinthians 15, about 20 years or so after the crucifixion and the resurrection. Now, if Jesus rose from the dead, never to die again, this does seem to be a pretty clear substantiation of his claim to be the only way to God. Now, obviously, everyone will not agree on this, and many adherents to other faiths would argue that Jesus was not raised from the dead. This question of the resurrection has been argued and debated since the days of the early church, and this debate will not likely be resolved anytime soon. However, I would ask, if the resurrection is a stumbling block for you, look at the evidence. There's plenty of great evidence that Jesus rose from the dead, and I encourage you to examine the evidence with an open mind and see what you might find out for yourself. Now, another reason that Christians do not believe that all paths lead to God has to do with Jesus' crucifixion. If Jesus was merely crucified as a failed revolutionary, there's really no significance in that, that kind of death. Christians believe, however, that there was an atoning work that took place through his death. In other words, his death meant something. 
Paul said that Christ died for our sins. Jesus said that he had come to give his life as a ransom for many. Now if, as so many people claim, all religions are true but just different paths to God, why did Jesus have to die? If God's plan all along was that every religion would lead people to him, did Jesus die in vain? And then a last question that's worth considering is this. Why would God only make one way to get to him? This seems like a legitimate question. If God is love and wants to save the world, why would he make it so hard for people to find him? Well, I think one answer is this, that if Jesus is who he said he was, then there is a way to God, and it's really not that hard to find. He's made it very clear. Now, this way may not be the way that everyone chooses or wants, but at least God created a way to God. He created a way that we could approach him. Now, of course, many will say it's not fair that Jesus is the only way to God. Well, you know, the Bible teaches that God is love and God is just, etc. But there's nothing in the scripture to demonstrate that God's concerned about fitting our definition of fair. His ways are not our ways. You know, in essence, this entire discussion takes us back to the very beginning of the book, Genesis, and the creation, and the idea of free will. If God has created us with a free will, if we can choose and, and go whatever direction we want to go, if we can go down whatever path we choose, if we can believe whatever we want to believe, that's, that's the nature of choice. That's the nature of having a free will. But if every path really does lead to God, though, is our will really free? It sounds like we're being forced to go somewhere we might not really want to go. Now it's your turn. What do you think about this important topic? I know this can be a controversial subject. Go to davidspell.com. Leave your question or your comment in the comment section for today's post. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. And while you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. Just enter your email address at the top right of the, the web page, and that'll assure that you don't miss a single post. I publish three blog posts a week, and subscribing will ensure that you don't miss a single issue. It'll also allow you to get my subscribers-only newsletter that I send out once a month to just the subscribers on my list. Have you ever wished that you could make a difference in someone else's life? Well, I want to let you know that you can. Annie and I are serving the Lord in Brazil. We're working with and training some incredible young leaders and helping them to plant churches. We're coaching and mentoring pastors, and we're helping these pastors develop awesome leadership teams to lead their churches. Your gift to our ministry helps us continue to develop people who are going to plant churches all over Brazil and ultimately the rest of South America. There's a link in today's show notes where you can give to our ministry here. And if you live in the U.S., your gifts are tax deductible. Thanks so much. Well, now it's time for our productivity tip of the week. Have you ever found in a, yourself in a situation where you need to scan a document and get it to someone, but you don't have access to a scanner? 
Maybe you're getting ready to close on that house and they just need one or two more documents and you've got to scan those documents and get them to the, the, the mortgage company in another state so that you can close on that house. But you don't have access to a scanner. So what can you possibly do? Well, something that I found are the smartphone document scanners. These are available in the App Store for, for your iPhone or for an Android, and they work very, very well. On my iPhone, I have Scanner Pro and Scannable, and they both work incredibly well. You just hold the, the phone's camera over the document. The app scans it automatically and saves it to your phone. Then you can very easily email that document to the person that needs it. You'll never need to have a scanner again. As, as, again, these apps are free, they work very well, and you've always got a scanner with you as long as you've got your phone. So that's this week's productivity tip of the week. Check the app store, check them out. Now as we close, can I ask you for a small favor? Would you take just a moment and go to iTunes and give Leading and Learning a review? Good reviews help us get our content to a larger audience. So until next time, this is David Spell encouraging you to pursue your passion.